What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, what's next for the Bring Chicago Home referendum? Revisiting our most romantic places to cry crossover and Joe's end of beginning has been stuck in my head all month long. To talk about it, executive producer Simone Alisea. It's Tuesday, February 27th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. Good morning, Simone. How you feeling? Good morning, Jacoby. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm coming off a pretty eventful weekend. I was out in these streets, as as, I, as they like to say. <laughs> um, you know, got over, did some some speakeasies and sort of inspired by our conversation from last week. So I popped up on Lazy Bird uh, in the Hoxton, slid by Gino and Marty's, both of those in the West Loop. Um, but also, I also uh, got out to a, saw a spring flower show, Sweet Gnome Chicago at the Lincoln Park Conservatory. So I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for the gnomes. I got to say, I really appreciated that. Like, you know, sometimes the spring flower show, I mean, I'm not sure exactly how much they do, but like they'll sort of change the arrangement. But it feels like they just planted a bunch of gnomes around. And I still found that cool. The whole time I was I was like, I hope there's a contest to like guess how many gnomes are in here. There is no contest as far as I know. But I thought that'd be that kept me engaged the entire time trying to count. Well, how you many and I know how many there are. So, you know, if uh, <laughs> if anyone out there wants to try to guess, you know, let us know. Shoot us an email. Chicago at CityCast.fm. Well, one big story going into the weekend that I know we were following very closely is the future of the Bring Chicago Home referendum, which we have been talking throughout this election season that this uh, change to the real estate transfer tax uh, in uh, to to get a stable funding source for homelessness efforts in the city. You kept reminding me week after week, there were going to be uh, not only a lawsuit, but there were going to be a, a, a number of ways that people were going to be fighting to to get this removed off the ballot. And one of those came up on Friday. Uh, can you kind of catch CityCast listeners up? Right. So as a reminder, the Bring Chicago Home tax would uh, raise the real estate transfer tax. So it's a tax when a property is sold on properties over a million dollars, and it would reduce it on properties under a million dollars. And we were mm-hmm. we are were set to vote on this on the March nineteenth primary. A lawsuit was brought by real estate interests, different business groups, arguing that the measure was not worded correctly, that it had too many, um, that it was doing too much, that by lowering mm-hmm. the tax and raising the tax, the city couldn't do both at the same time. Um, on Friday, Judge Kathleen Burke ruled in their favor uh, and essentially declared the measure invalid. Um, and the state of the state of things now is that while the Chicago Board of Elections, which is uh, was the the defendant in this lawsuit, um, is not 
you know, they're not going to remove it from any future ballots. Early voting has already been ongoing. People have already gotten mail ballots. But basically what it is, is that as it stands right now, votes on the measure will not be counted. That said, this is like, all right, I, I, like already it's getting very complicated because very likely there's going to be an appeal. Certainly advocates mm-hmm. for the measure have said um, that they expect there to be an appeal uh, that hasn't been announced yet or filed yet um, as of Monday afternoon. You know, if 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 the appeal goes through, you know, then it's possible that those votes could be counted. So it's, so it's sort of a complicated thing of like, you are still mm-hmm. going to see this on your ballot if you're early voting, if you're voting by mail. You can still vote for it, but we're not sure yet if that vote is going to count. <laughs> yeah, the exact language in the order is the defendant board is ordered not to count and suppress any votes cast on the referendum, which when Alderwoman Maria Haddon comes out and says that powerful special interest groups are trying to undermine de- democracy and suppress the vote, it's hard not to believe that's exactly what's happening when that's the language in the order. And we said the entire time this was going to be a battle between big money developers, uh, real estate interests uh, versus a campaign that's been on for six years. I mean, it kind of takes us back to our uh, original conversation of just how difficult binding referendums are. And the one of the reasons we haven't seen one passed in over what was it, 130 years? Something years, yeah. Um, it, it, it's for reasons just like this. Um, I mean, what, what, how do you think, I mean, that that appeals process is likely to go? I mean, well, we'll kind of have to see. I mean, one of the interesting things about this case was, right, that, um, as I mentioned, the the defendant in this case, the, the only party listed um, is the Board of Elections. Uh, the, the, the plaintiffs, the, these business groups argued that the Board of Elections essentially should have objected to this ballot language, should not have, should not have printed the ballots, you know, with, with this language on it. Um, the city tried to intervene to say, actually, you know, we should, we're the ones who should be defending this measure. We wrote the measure, right? Remember Mm -hmm. city council passed this language to appear on the ballot, and the city said, you know, we should be the ones who should be defending it. And as part of this order, the judge disagreed. The judge said, no, I'm not going to grant that motion to, to intervene. Um, and so I think that I, I actually think that in addition to sort of the main question of the main legal question of like, you know, is this ballot the right ra- written correctly? Can the city actually do both these things at the same time? raise the tax on some real estate sales, lower it on other real estate sales. I think there's also going to be a question of, you know, did the judge do the right thing in not allowing the city to to intervene? Um, but again, we haven't yet. The, the appeal has not yet come down. So so we're going to have to kind of wait and see. In Judge Burke's order, did she give a clear reason why she ruled against the Chicago Board of Elections? No, there weren't. She did not detail uh, the the reasons for the the order. It just said for the reasons stated in open court and on the record, um, which is a little bit frustrating, I think, you know, because if if you recall on Friday, you know, as the story was breaking, I think even then there was a little bit of confusion, um, even, you know, from reporters who were in in the courtroom who were like, Wait, did, were there reasons that were given? Um, obviously, of course, the the plaintiffs have their reasoning, right? They have they have presented a case uh, that the judge has ultimately sided with, um, but we didn't actually get those kind of written down. Um, y- you know, which I, I, yeah, I think it's just really frustrating and confusing, and feels. Um, 
it certainly doesn't feel transparent at the very least. And it also just sort of makes this um, appeal sort of what is the appeal going to be? It just kind of makes that, you know, even even more confusing, I think, to watch of just like, you know, okay, so what are we actually arguing about here? What is what are the the issues here um, that that we're going to be watching for? Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patients' smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts, your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location. From one of the biggest stories in Chicago in February to one of the most viral moments or montages, as some would say, the song In the Beginning by Joe has been dominating my feed all month long as I've seen it cut across uh, Chicago cafes and river walks and parks. Uh, but I'm going to be honest, the song is is fire for as much as it's being hyped up on TikTok uh, and growing. And I mean, I think 57 million streams in February alone. Uh, Simone, did this, did this song crowd your feed as well? Not even a little bit. Um, I had no idea what you were talking about when you first brought this up. Uh, because number one, I am not on TikTok and sometimes it takes a while for the for the actual trends to to get to Instagram. So I'm hoping you can show me a couple so I can see what you're talking about. Should we should we watch one? Oh, this one is wow. It's very summertime shy. Lots of boat pictures, yeah. food pictures, Lala, it's, it's cafes, farmers markets, rivers, ice cream. Sorry, I can't cocktails. hear you because this song is so loud in my <laughs> headphones. <laughs> so, this is just one of those things that I feel like uh, I saw a lot of people wow. We've seen like CBS and Sometimes write about in the last week. I think from the start of February, this has just been one of those songs that I think has racked up like 14,000 different posts. Um, and what's, what's great about it for me is it's wow, I see all of these people's montage that I can kind of relate to and understand. I love that for me when I hear this song, my montage of Chicago is still always like ride my bike up. Ashland from 83rd Street to 95th Street uh, and seeing that big church on 95th and Ashland is it's always uh, like Dan's Hot Dogs and and Home of the Hoagie and 35th Street Beach and things like that. And so I, I love that everyone has their, their like version of Chicago, whether it's the people who've been posting who just visited for the summer or, or, or people who live here. Um, Britt Julius actually reminded me of this song last week because she's also a DePaul alum. Mm. Uh, uh, alongside uh, the actor Joe Keery, who people might uh, know from Stranger Things, this latest season of Fargo, which 
dude. Dude snapped. He was cold. He absolutely delivered. And, and man, to, to know he had been playing in clubs like Sleeping Village and Empty Bottle and Shubas um, when, when he graduated back in 2014, it, it's kind of cool to see him at this moment, even though, you know, he don't still live in the city. That's so wild that he and I were in college uh, around Chicago at the same time. That's mm-hmm. so that's so bizarre to think about. I, I, it's such a it's such a wistful song. It, if like Rat Hole was the viral moment of January, <laughs> the Chicago viral moment uh, where, you know, your friends from out of town keep sending you uh, Mm -hmm. reels and stuff about it. This is a much better one. And I hope this is what people are getting in their inboxes instead of more rat hole content. Um, And like you said, you know, Curie cut his teeth on on the city's DIY indie music scene. um, And there's still like a lot of that stuff going on. Actually, our uh, marketing director, Caroline Patton, wrote a little guide to booking a gig at places like Sleeping Village, Empty Bottle. She also runs the Chicago show calendar. So you can check that out if you want to see shows uh, by local artists. There's lots of open mics around town. Reggie's near Chinatown does one. Um, There's Mm -hmm. also something called uh, the Unsigned Showcase that does a monthly show up in Ravenswood where you can see local unsigned indie artists. Um, And so, you know, maybe you can find the next uh, (laughs) wistful Chicago song to be the background of your of all of your Chicago memories. Yeah, it's definitely given late 20s, early 30s vibes in Chicago. Um, Man, I ain't gonna lie. This song just been stuck in my head now for weeks. I well, that's the other thing I like about the song, too, because it's right. It's end of beginning. It's about like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's sort of is reminiscent of when he is here on the scene, like I said, cutting his teeth, learning the music. And then, of course, he gets a lot of success with Stranger Things, ends up moving out to L.A. for both the acting and music stuff. And which is like, I think, a story that a lot of Chicago artists really can resonate with of like, this is the place where I learned how to do the thing that I'm Uh going to do. You know what I mean? Uh, It's one of my favorite things about the city. One moment straight out of our newsletter that kind of had its own viral life last week, uh, which is our Venn diagram that you put together, Simone, of best places to cry and most romantic spots. These places were given to us by uh, City Cash Chicago listeners. Hey, Chicago readers. So here's what happened, right, is we put out a, a call out asking for people for the best places to cry earlier this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and people had a lot of opinions. A lot of people like to cry on the CTA, we learned. Um, <laughs> and then earlier this month, you know, around Valentine's Day, you and I kind of spitballed some romantic spots. We also spoke to a photographer about um, some of the best spots to get engaged around the city. So I included mm-hmm. that in in this list. Um And I was realizing there's like a lot of crossover. And I think part of it is just like a lot of them are like like places like the Art Institute or Grant Park or Millennium Park. Like they're kind of just big places that a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. But like the CTA made both lists, like the Lakefront made both lists, Uh, you know, the Garfield Park Conservatory made both lists. And then, you know, people sort of responded on Twitter, had things to say in the comments, in the quote tweets about places we miss, places they love. Um, I definitely agree with some of the places uh, that that should have been on there, uh, including uh, Sox Park, taking somebody to a White Sox game where you, you may 
uh, uh, see a great game. You may see a great fight. Uh, you definitely gonna get some good food while you're there. Um, and and very very cost effective, especially when when they ain't playing well. The Sox Park tweets were specifically, "This is a good place to cry." Are you saying no. that it I should think it's be both? both? Like it, okay. it's a good place to cry as people relate to. Uh, I mean, so many stories between will they move, uh, how they're playing. Yeah. Uh, but but I also think I, I've been on some great dates to Sox Park as well. And and it ends up being a very cost-effective date. Uh, but some other south side places, southeast side, you got Wolf Lake and Big Marsh Park. On the southwest side, I think, again, crying, romantic, Auburn Park Lagoon, uh, the Dan Ryan Woods. Um, both of them kind of serve uh, little, real easy places for either uh, activity. So, so there's some great crossover in this list. I was like trying to figure out, I was like, what is it that all these places have in common? And it's like a good place to have big feelings, I think, yeah. is like the is the concept here. Although I will say. Um, most of the people who responded on Twitter mostly responded um, to the places to cry element. Yes. A lot of people play cry bingo yes. in the comments. Yes. Playing crying bingo, having cried at several of the places listed. Um, not a lot of suggestions for new romantic spots that we should be adding, <laughs> um, which makes me a little bit worried about uh, our listeners and readers. But, you know, it is what it is. We all I mean, if you think back to it. the top story... Uh, today it's a, it's a lot of things to, to to be crying about you know what i mean you know, like, we, we like to bring the good news but we we also keep it real you know one of the ones that i really liked and i actually had to put this into google translate because it was in gaelic um was uh somebody mentioned the bridgeport castle and this is the the one where mm -hmm. um the the owner the original owner had you know uh, of this home had sort of built um I don't know how else to say it. He built a castle <laughs> like onto the home, onto, you know, around it. You can see it's got these like towers and, and stuff. Uh, and it was a, a display to honor um, the owner's late wife. Uh, and so that was a place that was, uh, I think, was a good one that could have been on both uh, on both lists that um, I didn't I hadn't thought about. So that was a really good one. I think this Venn diagram is a reminder that any suggestions we get, um, so many of them come from from you all, whether you are leaving us DMs, uh, whether you're leaving us texts and voicemails at 773-780-0246. But we also try and get your your answers to the Hey Chicago newsletter, we try and pull the things that you put on Twitter. And so please continue to interact with the podcast and newsletter, uh, especially during these call outs. And you may, you know, you may hear your thoughts end up on the podcast. I want to give a huge thank you to our executive producer, Samal Alisea. Samal, thanks for making time. Hey, thanks, Jacoby. Before we let you go, for more CityCast Chicago and Hey Chicago, check out our website, chicago.citycast.fm. Today, you'll see things like our best free and discounted classes, three questions on the late Mayor Harold Washington. And of course, if you go to the events page, we got things for you from tonight all the way through the weekend. So make sure you check it out. And of course, I got some good news. It wouldn't be Chicago if we ain't keep the restaurant weeks coming. And Greektown Restaurant Week kicks off this Friday with discounts and special dishes throughout the neighborhood and some of its historic restaurants. You can check the show notes for a list of participants. As always, we appreciate you for listening and reading. And most importantly, being back here bright and early tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Peace. Back in Chicago, I feel it.
Another version of me, I was in it.